Hi there, welcome to Block 101. You're listening to David Lynham. Thanks for joining my podcast. Uh, so today's topic, and um, this is a common one, and obviously when things come up quite a bit, I decide to do a podcast because it's easier for me to talk about it once, share it with loads of people, um, and often the things that I talk about on these podcasts are questions that come in uh, from clubs that are potentially going to work with us or maybe they've just started working with us. Um, So I always think it's a great way to just turn some of those questions into topics for the podcast because if I'm being asked by more than one club, chances are there are many more out there that potentially could get some value from it. So um, today's question, and this is something that comes up loads uh, when we first started working with with lots of new clubs is should we go cashless? This is probably one for the non-league clubs more so um, because cashless in non-league is now becoming a bit of a, a bit of a buzz term. Um, if you're a fan or uh, someone who works at a Premier League football club, this is probably a bit of a, uh, a yesterday thing for you. Um, But certainly within non-league, you know, the culture is shifting very quickly now away from this cash-only culture that um, was definitely dominant when I first started getting involved in in non-league clubs, um, gosh, now three or four years ago. Um, And people are now starting to see a better way. And, you know, like everything, it takes a bit of time. It takes a few clubs trying things. um, And generally, it's always for the better. Uh, But often it can get a little bit misunderstood because um, cashless as a term, like many things, has a lot of different meaning for lots of different people. So I thought it would be great to do a podcast on this topic um, just to sort of set out my thoughts and share a few experiences I've had with clubs that have gone down this route um, just to really tell you about the good, the bad and the ugly. Um, So in terms of cashless, the first thing that I would always say if a club asks us about it is, you know, are you thinking about doing this all in or are you thinking about phasing this in? And also, what does cashless mean in your context? Are you talking about just having the concept of no cash on your turnstiles? Are you talking about having no cash in the ground? Um as a result of that, does that mean that you need everyone to buy a ticket from somewhere, whether that's online or a a ticket office or some other sort of office uh, before they go in? Because there are loads of considerations around that, if, if that's what you're thinking. Um, and so it's really good just to get an understanding, because often when you ask that question, you get loads of different answers back. Um, so let's take the assumption that we're looking at cashless, um, just on access to start with because you know we don't really get involved where people are looking to eliminate cash from the entire ground um, I've definitely got a few opinions on it which I'll touch on but but really for us where we can add some value is is the whole cashless entry um, and maybe the what you think my answer will be isn't going to be quite the same so um, the first question I'm going to ask you know after I understand what it actually is that you mean um, is going to be like, do you have the infrastructure to deliver this because it's not as simple as saying, right, from tomorrow, we won't take cash on the turnstile. Um, And if it was, you know, we could probably all start doing that a lot faster. There are loads and loads of knock-on effects if you're going to go down this route of everyone having to have a ticket to get in. 
Um, I've lived through a couple of these with our existing clubs and I've seen other clubs attempt it um, with varying levels of success. Um, so in terms of infrastructure, what do I mean? Well, space. Space is definitely really important if you're going to do this. Have you got a dedicated ticket office? If you don't, then that's your first problem. Um, because if you're asking people to buy a ticket before they get to a turnstile and they don't buy online, and you know, unfortunately, we can't force everyone to buy online, although that would make life a lot easier in most cases, some people will make a, a last minute decision Maybe they only carry cash because, again, some people will only want to pay with cash. Um, and so you've got to direct them somewhere so that they can exchange that cash for a ticket. Now, you may have a club shop and that's cool. And you might want to use that for your ticket sales. Uh, but be very careful because you can start to cannibalize your, your merchandise sales if you're directing everybody into your club shop and you don't have the sufficient space to allow people that, aren't necessarily in the club shop to buy a ticket. They want to go there because they want to pick, pick up a shirt or something before the game. Um, and there's a massive queue of people out of the club shop uh, all buying a ticket and it's 10 to 3 and everyone wants to get in. Um, you're probably going to start losing merchandise sales. So it's one to bear in mind. I've, I've seen this happen in a few different places. Um, it can be a bit of a nasty surprise because all of a sudden your club shop is now the ticket office, but it's not really set up to be a ticket office. You've got limited points of sale. You uh, obviously aren't selling as much merchandise as you were. You're just taking the gate receipts that you would have taken anyway when you had cash. People start to get a bit more annoyed and frustrated because they're queuing for longer. Uh, and as a result, people may stop coming. And that's, you know, a very real scenario that have I've seen played out um, a few times. And so space is really important uh, and making sure you've got a, a separate and dedicated um, infrastructure for ticket sales if you're going to go down that route. Um, the second thing is people. So have you got the right people to help to deliver this new cashless uh, approach? Um, often you, the way you manage this has got to be uh, dealt with a, a degree of sensitivity because if you've got a load of volunteers or people that you've been paying uh, who have been manning your turnstiles often for years, decades even, um, and now you're saying, actually, you guys aren't taking any more cash, you have to be very careful with the way that you position that as to not be accusing them of anything. Um, and sometimes people can just take that a little bit personally, you know, even when there's there's absolutely no chance that that has been happening or they've been involved in anything like that. Um, you know, sometimes people can take a little bit of offense to it. So the whole communication around it, not only externally, but internally, is really, really important as well. Um, the final thing then around do you have is, is the tech. So if you're going to be selling tickets, um, to people as they they come to, to the ground are you set up from a tech point of view you know with reliable internet connection i know that sounds like real basic stuff but if you're a non-league club you know i definitely understand that sometimes that's not as easy um to get going and to, to maintain in the ground so um the tech is really important and making sure you've got reliable technology. You know, you're going to have to outlay potentially for some printers as well. And so, you know, there's a cost obviously attached to that. So if you're going to go down that route, you know, you're going to find yourself having to go all in and there's going to be a bit of expense uh, initially um, to get yourself going. Um, so 
once you've got, you know, maybe that's all, all good. So you can tick all of those boxes and, and there's no problems there. Um, next point then is why do you want to do it? Because I think they like a lot of things that I've talked about previously on the podcast, there has to be a strong driver for wanting to, to make this change, not because you've heard about someone else doing it at an AGM and it sounds pretty good and it, you know, you don't want to be left behind and there's nothing wrong with not wanting to be left behind. Um, but often there needs to be, there needs to be some kind of catalyst. Um, so being clear about why you want to do it will often help you to, to make a clearer decision as to, you know, do we roll this out all over the ground? Do we just introduce this slowly and see how it goes? Um, but being really clear on, on the why, um, is going to help you to do that. Um, this next one then is is definitely one that's a bit of a bugbear for me, um, and it's I, I see I don't see as much of it as I used to, um, but I still don't really I can't really answer the question. Um, but there are some companies out there that sort of give you this top up card uh, for your cashless stadium, and I can absolutely understand it. You know, if you are a 50, 60, 70,000 seater stadium. Um, you know, you've got all of these uh, sort of cashless points around the place and you can pay for everything and anything inside the stadium with your one card. It's also your access card and that's all very nice. Um, in the context of non-league though, I, I think it's a little bit overkill. So I, I you know, and even in, in these bigger clubs is it really necessary i almost feel like it's a bit of a barrier so if you're asking me to top up a card before i can go to a venue to then use that topped up card to pay for things why can't i just use my debit cards because that's what i use everywhere else why do i need to top up another card to spend money um i'm sure you know if you if you own or work for one of those companies uh, you can definitely give me five, 10 reasons why you do need those cards. And, you know, I'm all ears because, as I, you know, I, I don't know everything. Um, but I just think that in the context of your non-league club and you're introducing this, this new cashless way to your fans, introducing a card to do this on top of that can add a little bit more confusion. Um, and I don't know if that's the way to get people on board straight away. Um, I'm sure I'm going to divide opinion with that one so you know like always I'm, I'm always up for being educated so um yeah if you can tell me why this is a, a better way to do it then then please please let me know um so yeah do we need a top-up car to do it or if we're going to go cashless around the ground you know in terms of where people can buy food and drink is it just a case of much uh, a much more simpler approach of allowing credit and debit card payments you know that's that's nice everyone gets that you're not having to force people to go to a cash machine or find a cash machine outside the ground before they come in. It's adding to convenience. You're not asking people to change habits. Um, and obviously you're able to take a, a little bit more money because you can get people spending a bit faster. Um, the last one then is just the communication of it. So are your fans ready or have you helped them to get themselves ready for this change? And this is often where you can win or lose that, that switch over. So, um, in the experiences that I've had with clubs I've worked with that have done this, the ones that have been successful are the ones that have communicated well. And by well, what I mean is telling them why they're doing it, telling them when it's going to happen, telling them what they're hoping for as a result of doing it and what the benefit is to the club. 
And so if you communicate it in that way, generally most fans will, if they're not necessarily on board straight away, will at least be understanding of the changes. Um, the flip side to that is I've also worked with clubs where it's it's kind of been forced on them, uh, forced on the fans, I should say. Um, and the communication was a little bit more aggressive. It was a bit more, you know, we're doing this, you must conform kind of style. Uh, and that's that's hardly going to go down so well. So, um, you know, be really careful with the communication. Take a bit of time uh, to think about how you're going to communicate this with fans. Don't rush it. Take a bit of time to do it and think it through. It might even be worth talking to a few fan groups and, and just getting their thoughts on, on your first drafts of those communications as well. Because often what happens is as soon as something like that goes out, there are a load of unanswered questions. And um, one of the easiest ways of heading those off is, is introduce the concept to a few fan groups, get the questions that they ask and address those questions in the full communication. Um, sounds really simple. Often the best and sort of, you know, most useful advice is really simple. I think we can often overcomplicate things. Um, and I've definitely seen that one go go quite wrong firsthand. Um, so, yeah, think about the fans. Think about their readiness. Help them to get ready. You know, if you are going to use top-up cards, talk them through how that's going to work. You know, talk them through how to top up so that they're not left uh, in difficult situations inside the ground. Um and, you know, be prepared for, you know, sometimes things won't work that well the first time. You've got to persevere um, because if your reasons for doing it are, are, are good reasons, then, you know, you need to stick with it. So um, if it doesn't necessarily work out that well or that popular to start with, um, then, you know, do stick with it if you think it's the right thing to do. Uh, interestingly, actually, a few of the clubs that I've worked with where they introduced it, I think all bar one have gone back to having that mixture of, you know, allowing cash as well as uh, other forms of payment. Um, so, you know, I think it, it, that kind of says quite a lot. Uh, I'm definitely not an advocate of, of cash only everywhere. I think, you know, it's it's a real pain. Um, I think you can encourage people to spend more when you've got cashless options. But again, you know, cashless means different things to different people. Um, so having a healthy mixture of both, especially with, you know, non-league and you've got quite a, a range of ages and demographics at grounds these days, because I think there is quite a, it's certainly at some clubs, quite a shift in generations uh, and an interesting time, um, things happening. And a lot of clubs now looking to appeal to the younger generations as well. Um, having those options available is only going to aid them coming back and being a bit more interested. Okay, so... Um, Hopefully that's useful because uh, that's a question that comes up quite a lot from a lot of our newer clients um, and potential clients. You know, people uh, are talking about this quite a bit. So uh, there are a few thoughts on it. Hopefully you can, can get some value out of those. Um, as always, thank you for tuning in. I uh, really appreciate you listening to the podcast. It's been awesome. I'm having a great time recording these uh, and long may it continue, as I always say. So um, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you again next week. See you soon.